0: It's 12.03 on June 13th. Good afternoon and thanks so much for joining us for the WBBM Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rachel Pearson filling in for Rob Hart. The consumer price index showing inflation in May was the lowest in two years. We're now joined by Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute based in St. Louis. And Paul, this is good news for the Fed. This is good news for markets. Uh, Walk us through the latest data here.
2: Yeah, it is good news. It shows inflation slowing, but it's still a little bit too high and a little bit too sticky. For example, rents. Rents are, are going up in price still, but the rate of inflation has come down. It's just not coming down very fast. Same is true with food prices. Still going up just not as fast as before. Fed would like to see those come down much more than what they are even today.
0: Well, if the Fed wants to see that come down, you'd think that we it would continue to sort of keep on this war path of raising interest rates. But, but we're expecting, many economists, expecting at least a, a pause this month.
2: Yes, a pause this month so that they can evaluate the data. Uh, but we think a additional, at least one more hike is on its way. And there may be more than that to come Uh, As we get closer to the end of the year. And keep in mind, the Fed has been hiking since um, a year ago, March, and that cumulative effect is now starting to make its way into the economy. We're seeing recessionary conditions in some parts of manufacturing, some regions of the country and in housing. Things could get worse from here.
0: In what's been a very volatile market, I think any good news is met with uh, optimism. We're certainly seeing the markets respond, react well to this. But the the question is, is it going to be short-lived?
2: Yeah, we think this is a bull trap. In other words, it's a, it's a rally that will get people to buy in. Uh, and then feel trapped when the market falls. Uh, we think that fall is, is almost inevitable. and just a question of, of time, really. Is it a week, two weeks, a month? But it's going to happen, we think.
0: Now, inflation, as as was mentioned, it rose at about 4% annual rate in May, which is the lowest in two years. We, we know that that's good news for the economy, but you sort of alluded to this earlier. It's still being felt by the wallets and pockets of American spenders.
2: Yeah, that's right. So when I say that, I say this is a bull trap and that the markets are going to fall. It'll fall because the the economy we think is going to go into recession. Uh, and and right now, especially the those people in the lower one, let's say, 60 percent of the income distribution, they've run out of savings. They're using their credit cards. Uh, they've almost maxed them out. Uh, Car loans are starting to see delinquencies or credit card balances starting to see delinquencies. I mentioned manufacturing and housing already in recession. Uh, Things are going to get worse from here, we think. Uh, So uh, enjoy it while you can. Uh, It's not going to be like 2008 again, but it will be a moderate recession, we think, into the end of the year and into early 2024 before things start to look better again.
0: And what advice do you have for those who are are seeing sort of the the mild, we'll call it moderate gains today, seeing this this report of the CPI thinking, hey, we're headed in the right direction. Uh, Maybe don't jump in too soon here.
2: Yeah, that's a really great question. We are going to see inflation, we think, below 3% by the end of this year. Won't be as much of a problem as it was in the past. But earnings. Earnings, we think, are going to contract from here in the second, third, and fourth quarters. So, you know, if you're in tech stocks here, now might be a good time to think about trimming positions a little bit, taking some profits, rolling those into some more defensive sectors that we think will hold up better when we get to recession, like health care and energy.
0: Thanks so much, Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute based in St. Louis, Missouri. Coming up, the Bears have yet another stadium suitor.
1: Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: Waukegan has sent a letter to the Bears saying multiple large parcels of land are available and ready for a new stadium and entertainment district. Let's get the update on all the drama with the help of Greg Hines, a columnist for Crane's Chicago business. And Greg, at first it was Arlington Heights. Then we heard about Naperville. Now Waukegan sort of tossing its hat in the ring, or I guess I should say its helmet on the field.
3: Yeah, why not? I mean, uh, and the Bears are like the prize bow that everybody in town is after right now, uh, and a lot of towns, and, uh, you know, there's absolutely nothing to lose. Uh, you get lots of publicity for your city. You get the mentioned in headlines and whatever. Uh, you, you, you don't know if it's actually going to happen or whatever, but... Why the heck not?
0: Why, why not? And and so what are some of the, the, the sticking points here that we're hearing from, from Waukegan, the city? It's got to have some land available. I mean, we're talking about a massive space, though.
3: Well, Waukegan is located way up at the northern Part of the metropolitan area, and there's plenty of land up in Northern Lake County for good reason. It's far away from Chicago. It's actually closer to uh, to Milwaukee. Uh, I didn't know that the Bears wanted to be known as the Milwaukee Bears, but uh, <laughs> uh, what the heck? It's, it's a strange world. Um, uh, so there's no question that a bunch of good cheap land is there, they have expressways, they have uh, access to metro lines, uh, but the question there is the same as it was in Orison Heights, is the same as it is in Maperville, the same as it is in Chicago. Who's going to pay the bill? Mm-hmm. Uh, the bears want to ship as much of the cost, as much off to taxpayers rather than them, on the grounds that, hey, we're going to stimulate all this economic growth in your area, so uh, uh, give us part of the loot that you get in taxes. Uh, and Orison uh, Heights balked a little bit, so the bears are shopping elsewhere. Uh, Whether they can actually get a better deal somewhere else is still yet to be seen.
0: Well, that's just it. I think it would take a a trained professional to really tap in and understand what the bears are thinking. Uh, Again, I guess there's no harm in exploring your options, but they do own that Arlington racetrack. They, They own that property.
3: Yeah, that is uh, that is one thing that if I owned the Bears, then I'd just plunk down $197 million. I'd, I'd uh, take pause at moving away from it, because uh, what are you going to do? Is somebody else going to pay you 197 to buy buy it from you? Don't know about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, everybody's back in. There's even a case here to we need for the city of Chicago. Again, if, if Mayor Johnson can put together the right kind of package. Uh, don't know that's going to happen, but uh, like I said, this is... Uh, you know, it's draft season, and, uh, the, and the, the, the Bears have the number one pick, as it were, the stadium, and everybody's trying to get it from them.
0: Thanks so much, Greg Hines, columnist at Crane Chicago Business. Up next on this Travel Tuesday, we'll talk about an innovative suitcase It does a lot more than just carry your clothes.
1: An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: It is Travel Tuesday, and in this segment, we're going to introduce you to a luggage with features that take it to another level. We welcome Maggie Girth, CEO and founder of Props Luggage. She's based in Hinsdale, Illinois. And Maggie, uh, tell us a little bit about. What makes this luggage different?
4: Well, um, the case has its own set of built-in legs. So think in terms of you go to your hotel room and what's the problem? There's always only one luggage rack. And if you have more than one person, where do you put that case? So this has resolved that issue. It has its own built-in legs that come down. And uh, you never have to look for a luggage rack again.
0: I feel like with most great inventions, you ask, why didn't somebody think of this sooner? It seems so practical.
4: Well, I can tell you why. Um, it was quite an engineering feat. Um, it was, it seems so simple. Um, but I can tell you four years of development, two engineers later, um, it, it took us quite a long time and multiple sets of drawings and eight prototypes later to finally come to a product that we were thrilled about. So it was not easy, um, but uh, we're we're real pleased with what, what came of it. So Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: <laughs> what What advice would you give to other would-be entrepreneurs? Because you just alluded to the fact it sounds like such a simple idea, but there's so much time and effort that needs to go into developing a brand new product. What do you say to, to future entrepreneurs?
4: Well, going into this, I think I was very naive, and um, I knew nothing about any of the development. And I think... Um, The saying of if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, it holds true. But what I would say is persistence it sounds cliche, but um, persistence, uh, you're going to hit a lot of roadblocks. And um, my husband always taught me, surround yourself with the right people and you can do anything. And that's the truth. You know, you may not know how to develop or the marketing and you know, all the steps that go into it, but you know, that's where you bring in people and, and you learn, you know, along the road. So um, it, it's not easy, uh, but it's well worth it. It's been years, but um, I'm thrilled to finally have this product to market.
0: And and quickly, Maggie, where can our listeners find Props Luggage to purchase?
4: Uh, well, we currently, uh, we have a website, it's um, com. We sell on our website. We recently have entered the retail market um, around the U.S., but not in any local stores. So my best advice would be go to our website, propsluggage.com.
0: Thanks so much, Maggie Girth, CEO and founder of Props Luggage. Her website again, propsluggage.com. Still ahead on this Travel Tuesday, we'll talk about how your choice of airport only can have a big impact on your travel budget.
1: This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 1059. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Pearson, and for Rob Hart, these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Former President Trump will be in court this afternoon to be arraigned on charges tied to his handling of classified documents. Five teens are seriously hurt in a crash of a stolen vehicle on the south side. In Travel Tuesday, we're going to look at other options before you book that flight on one particular airport. And Toyota looks to produce a battery that'll give its electric vehicles a more than 600-mile range. WBBM Business, the Dow up 207 points, NASDAQ up 110, the S&P 500 up almost 1%. It's up 34 points. AccuWeather says plenty of clouds and some scattered rain showers today with a high of just 66 degrees. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues presenting. present by the village of Bedford Park. Former President Trump appears in a Florida court in about an hour and a half, facing more than three dozen counts related to the alleged mishandling of classified documents. He's expected to plead not guilty. This man says he's rooting for Trump and hopes the ex-president is acquitted.
3: Sad day in America. It's surreal. Can't believe it. It's uh, probably the worst day since President Kennedy and President Lincoln were shot to me.
0: Securities heightened in the area surrounding the Miami courthouse, where officials believe protesters, both for and against the former president, will gather. Five young teenagers are being treated for critical injuries after an overnight crash in Englewood.
5: Police say the victims had been speeding in a stolen Chevy sedan when the car crashed into a fire hydrant on 69th and Low around 3:15 in the morning. All five victims were taken to hospitals in critical condition. They included a 13 year old boy and 14 year old girl taken to Comer Children's Hospital, and two 14 year old girls and a 13 year old girl taken to Stroger Hospital. Police say a gun was found at the scene. The Chicago Police Major Accidents Unit is investigating. Bernie at News Radio, 1059 WBBM.
1: Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
0: Stocks are trading higher. We're now joined by Jack Ablin, chief investment officer at Crescent Capital here in Chicago. And Jack, it would seem that a lot of the stocks are rising uh, based on that new inflation data, showing things are once again slowing down.
5: Yeah, I think so, Rachel. Uh, certainly good news from uh, on the inflation front. So it's really, in many respects, a double-edged sword because obviously we get slower price growth because of slower uh, economic growth. But on the other hand, if it causes the Federal Reserve to stop raising interest rates, that could be good news for some of the smaller stocks and more of the economically sensitive stocks.
0: Yeah. Earlier in the show, we sort of talked about whether or not the Fed was going to stop its interest rate hike campaign or if this is merely a pause. What are your thoughts on that? Is this just sh- sort of a short-lived, brief moment of, re- of a sigh of relief?
5: Right. You know, our view is, uh, you know, we believe the Fed should, what they should do is is pause and pretty much stand pat because we think that inflation trends uh, are slowing and I think inflation will likely come down on its own. Uh, the consensus, however, is the Fed is going to take uh, what will they'll term a pit stop where they may not raise rates tomorrow uh, but they stand ready to raise rates perhaps in july
0: and again that leaves us to perhaps enter a recession and so I, you know I, I'm curious I want to pick your brain because we we've talked about this as well on the show um, where a handful of, of tech stocks seem to just command gains on Wall Street right they're they're bearing the brunt of the weight on their shoulders does that narrow leadership especially within the s p 500 raise Any red flags for you?
5: You know, it's interesting you mentioned that, Rachel. Um, On the surface, it did. Uh, So we went and did a study last week to determine what happens in an environment where the the top names in the S&P far outperform the average stock in the S&P. And what we found is that six and 12 months later, that the average stock tends to catch up. Mm. Um, So it may not be great news for the overall market, Uh, but certainly much better news for average stocks that are out there.
0: Uh, Let's also sort of shift gears uh, into oil prices as they've pulled back lately. What are your thoughts on, on the energy sector? And it's worth noting, too, that energy was one of the few things that hasn't really slowed down when we were looking at inflation numbers.
5: Yeah, that's it. Um and interestingly, this is on the back of an OPEC announcement last week that they were going to cut production by a million barrels a day. So what that suggests is that perhaps um you know, investors and and other traders in that market believe that there will be some significant economic slowing. Uh we're starting to see it uh, even in this this most recent report in um in airfares and and rental cars and some other things. So I think that, uh, you know, the the macro investors, uh, with us included, do believe that there is an economic downtrend, and that's taking uh, potential demand away from energy.
0: Uh, the other interesting thing that that I want to sort of pick your brain about is this this concept of AI we know that a, a lot of companies are just saying that they're entering the space to get a boost in stock prices but what do you say for investors who are who are trying to determine whether or not this is worth the hype is it worth getting into this space uh how do you navigate AI is it overdone
5: no, that's a great question uh and uh, Rachel and one that Uh, I've navigated over the years, uh, you know, if we go back, for example, I've been in the the investment business since 1982, and I remember in the late 90s, of course, uh, everyone went gaga over the Internet, and, you know, for good reason, and and really the, the issue with the Internet or AI, is really productivity. The Mm -hmm. fact that we can do so much more with fewer people and could transform the way we do business. And, you know, that's fantastic. But we have to keep in mind that if you're looking at the relationship between productivity gains and investment returns, uh, we're looking at decades. We're not looking at months. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think Internet investors lost sight of that. Certainly got way ahead of themselves in two thousand, uh, and it took nearly fifteen years to to recoup the gains from that peak in two thousand um, but once they did, I mean we had you know huge gains going forward so for me, anyone interested in AI should certainly invest in it but understand that this is really almost a generational time horizon. Not something that you can make a quick buck.
0: Right. Be ready to stick around for the long haul. Thanks so much, Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital here in Chicago. Up next in Travel Tuesday, we'll talk about getting better flight values through your choice of airport.
1: A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: Continuing Travel Tuesday, you may be able to save some money through your choice of airport. Let's learn more from Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors based in Scottsdale. And Angie, when planning a trip, I think a lot of people, we we know to look at airline prices and compare that, but we don't always think about comparing airports. That can make a difference.
6: It can. And oftentimes it's not just the airports, it's also the airlines. So knowing which airlines have a solid representation at a particular airport is good to know.
0: So if I'm looking for a cheaper flight, uh, do I need to look for larger airports, smaller ones? What sort of factors into cost?
6: Well, airfare is always live. So depending on the day that you choose to book your flight, I always say give yourself some time to really investigate what air is costing you and looking at different options. For example, Considering a trip to Colorado, you might want to look at various options, flying into Fort Collins versus flying into Denver, which we might think of Denver as, of course, the bigger airport, and even Colorado Springs. And when you look at those different flight options, you want to look at the convenience of the flight time and whether or not it's a direct flight versus a connection. And then also, let's look at the total price of the logistics. So all of your tra- transportation expenditures, oftentimes getting rental cars out of Denver can very, be very expensive. So looking at the price of the airfare plus the cost of maybe renting a car should all be taken into consideration when, when determining which flight to choose.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're willing to to fly somewhere maybe not as close to your your destination, flying a little ways away, still renting a car, but then spending a little bit more time maybe driving and saving some money in your pocket, I mean, that's worth considering.
6: I agree. And a lot of times when we go on these summer vacations in particular, you're not just staying in one place. So an hour drive to get to a destination that might be on your itinerary anyway is worth considering. And we find that these same um, uh, sort of research skills come into play when you're booking international flights. For example, I have a client that has to be in London for business and they want to extend their trip to include time in Portugal. And we really evaluated their initial thought was flying into Lisbon. But when we looked at the flight differential, it was half the price to start their trip in Porto and to end it in Lisbon.
0: So I think the, the key here takeaway is just being open to other options. And I'm guessing that, that there are a lot of travel sites that will let you at least compare uh, not only uh, airlines, but airports.
6: Correct. You can oftentimes select different options to compare the airports as well as destinations. And also one of the things that you can find online that's easy to search is from your home airport, which airlines offer direct flights into the different destinations that you're considering, because that's always useful information. And again, I always recommend if you're going to be renting a car on top of purchasing expensive airfare, you want to kind of look at those two options together to know what the overall expense is going to be if you're really looking for a savings.
0: Thanks so much. Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors. Her website, travelbta.com. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday and still to come, increasing the range of electric vehicles.
1: The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: Range is one of the most important considerations when it comes to electric vehicles, and Toyota, as well as some other car makers, are looking to add on travel distance. Let's get the latest from Jeff Gilbert, CBS Auto reporter based in Detroit, Michigan. And Jeff, this is perhaps the biggest obstacle in the EV industry, and that is range. So Toyota seems to have a a, a new solution.
7: Well, it's not so much a new solution. What they're doing is they're showing some of their advanced technology and in some cases they say they've come up with batteries that could get up to 900 miles range on an electric vehicle of course all this research is in the early stage and as we've learned you know some research pays off some doesn't but at least it gives us reason for hope that the two main issues with electric vehicles are being worked on. One is range, the other is recharging time.
0: Right. And I think that this is sort of similar to any sort of new technology in that there are usually multiple iterations of evolutions. So so yes, we may, perhaps this is just the beginning phase of development for, for longer battery life, uh, but certainly a step in the right direction
7: yeah and you 're seeing all of the car makers do a lot of work on this because they know how important it is to consumers. Lithium ion is the main kind of battery used now. there are some other technologies solid state lithium phosphate, other things that you know you have to be a chemist to understand how it works that are being experimented with. And the idea is to get that range up. And also the other idea is to get the cost down and get some of these rare earth minerals out because that's proven to be an issue as well. Again, a lot of really smart people working on this.
0: Right, right. And I think that there's a, a sort of a sense of optimism from the consumer standpoint because I do think a lot of buyers are, are turned away by not knowing either uh, if, if their car can go the distance, not knowing where the next charging station may be we've talked about road trips in the past and evs sort of just being off the table completely for something like that but if we're talking a a range potentially of of more than 600 miles that's certainly a game changer
7: yeah certainly it's a game changer and and you know car makers have told me now that they see 300 as about the entry level where most people would say okay yeah i can live with that with, with with my uses uh, live with that with an EV. But, but again, the more the better. Of course, some of the drawback of longer ranges are that you got to put more energy into that battery, and we don't know how long it's going to take to recharge that battery. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of moving pieces here.
0: Thanks so much, Jeff Gilbert, CBS Auto Reporter based in Detroit. You'll also find some past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and on the Odyssey app.